poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today's guest on CPG is the former number one ranked poker player in Spain, who has racked up close to $2 million in live NTT caches and has recently been minted an ACR Team Pro, the always brilliant, hilarious, and affable Anna Marquez. Anna has been on the live and online poker grind since the mid-2000s with no signs of slowing down anytime soon. If there's one thing I've learned about Anna and her two appearances on CPG is that she was put on this earth to be a professional poker player. It's glaringly obvious in our conversations that she genuinely loves all facets of the game, from studying and being a strategist to taking risks to poker's rich history. Which means, of course, that she's the perfect guest for this podcast and a lifetime member of the Poker Professional Tribe, which happens to be my personal favorite tribe on the planet. So in today's conversation with Anna Marquez, you're going to learn why Anna has recently ramped up her cash game volume, how to keep poker fresh and exciting year after year, the biggest regret in Anna's poker career, and much, much more. Now, without any further ado, I bring to you the brilliant poker strategist, Anna Marquez. Anna. Welcome back to Chasing Poker Greatness. How have you been? Good, and you? I've been doing quite well. Um, Just making my way through the pandemic and working and studying and yeah, living, breathing, dreaming of poker for the past couple of years. Uh, A little, uh, yeah, it's a little exhausting, um, but such is life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been exhausting, but it's been kind of cool too to like have full focus on work, you know. <laughs> because I find I don't know you, but like there's so many distractions always. Like especially for tournament players, like we travel so much all the time that it's so tough to like get routines and like stay on a uh, on a schedule, you know. So for me, it was pretty nice to just chill and work. <laughs> yeah, and what what does that work look like for you? You know, over this past uh, this past year. Um, well, I actually, I, I didn't play so many tournaments last year. I decided to give cash games a, a shot. So I've been studying a lot of like cash games, which is good for tournaments too, because basically cash games helps you improve your post-flop game uh, for the tournaments. Mm-hmm. So has been a lot of uh, cash game study, basically like new ranges, like strategies and, and a little bit of like, well, cash game grind quite a lot and tournament not so much but but now I'm back into tournaments I really miss them though I must admit I really miss them I always wanted to go back uh, go to cash games and when I went into cash games I was like hmm I miss tournaments <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like the uh the grass is always greener you know yeah. um what you what did you most like about cash games and what lessons you know did you take away from the cash game experience that you're excited to apply to to tournaments i mean as i said all the post flop stuff and 100 big blinds like i thought it was very interesting to study that um a lot of like 
nice strategies that I, I didn't think about putting in blind before in, uh, in, in tournaments. So, yeah, I think that, I mean, just learning new poker, 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 poker in every way. So I think that's why I, I just, I love studying poker. So anything else you give me is cool. Yeah. And, and, I, and I also, I really like about cash games, the, the lower variance you have, you know, like you well, need less for sure. one for to grind and, and yeah, it's nice. I, now you're in my wheelhouse, you know, the cash game side of, of poker. That is the, the world that I've inhabited, you know, for almost two decades. Um, uh, I, I was in Poker Power Hour last night with a, just a group study session, and I'm going to go play a tournament uh, tomorrow, cool. actually. And um, okay. somebody was like, yeah, like the last tournament that you played in, um, there the players voted on the winner uh, <laughs> because I, I think I've played probably five or 10 tournaments over the past like decade. Um, it's just all been cash, um, but it is good change of pace. It's good to mix it up, get in different formats, I think. Um, and I am a little bit excited, which yeah, is weird. It's weird for me to say that I'm excited about playing in a poker tournament, but here I am. I mean, it has to be exciting, no? I mean, uh... I, I'm excited to play cash, even if I miss tournaments and everything. I, I feel like anything new in poker is always exciting. Like, for example, playing mixed games or PLO or something that you're not used to, for example, then it's always exciting to be learning new things. And I, sure. think that's, I think that's one of the beauties of poker, no? that like you can study so much, like there's so much unlimited things to learn. So it's always cool to switch around instead of always doing the same thing. Yeah, have you have you studied the mixed games or PLO? Uh, I did back in the days. Like I was uh, into them in like 2012, 2013 or so. And uh, I mean, I studied a little bit, but mostly from like watching people play and playing them myself. But I I haven't touched them in a long time, so I'm pretty fishy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm pretty fishy myself. I've thought about doing deep dives into PLO, but it's a bit overwhelming, um, just yeah. getting started, uh, just a whole brand new project, but eventually like PLO NTTs and live cash are sort of the next things on my agenda after I get, yeah. you know, my, my cash coaching for profit group up and running. Um, that's sort of the next thing, but, uh, one, one step at a time. PLO, I think saying PLO has huge value if you're playing live cash games because uh, there's a lot of like what I what I observed is that in a lot of places where you're like playing live cash, like there's sometimes like good PLO games, and if you don't have a good live uh, NL game, you can go to PLO. So yeah. it's always it, PLO has always been one of my tasks. This year, maybe I start looking into it a, a little bit. I I almost won a bracelet in PLO. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the I lost the run and the runner up in 2012. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm still a fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, fish can go deep in a tournament. Um, yeah, that's the beauty of tournaments. <laughs> that is the beauty. Uh, so, you know, you have some exciting news after you know studying, growing this past year. Tell us about your ACR sponsorship. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Uh, it was so unexpected too. And well, I got, I, I met the team like uh, during WSOP, but I didn't know anything, you know. <laughs> and 
and I just thought they were so cool. Like the team is so nice. Like all everybody is like super fun, super friendly, super open. They're like very close with each other, all of them. So it's like it does feel like a like a little family, you know. So uh, I'm very excited. And I also I love ACR. Actually, before I became ACR team pro, uh, I started grinding ACR for cash games because I think they're amazing. So uh, I actually because. Uh, Back in the days, I, I I wasn't playing as much like tournaments there, but because I was like really stuck on one side, you know. And with cash games, I I open up um, playing into ACR and I love it. I love it. I like the software. I like the action. The action is really nice because you get to play with all the Americans and. It's, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, it's more people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. More, more people are better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's really cool. I, I I'm really happy to be part of the of the site. I I, I really enjoy everything out of, about it. So. Cool. What's on the agenda? Like, what are what are the responsibilities of a a sponsored pro? Well, we have to bring the site to the people, and like for example, in my case, like uh, um, we wanna get we wanna reach Europe. Europe and Latin America also, because I speak Spanish and everything. So, but especially Europe, Europe, uh, it's a it's a target for us. Like we want more people from Europe, and I'm hoping I can help with that. <laughs> yeah, so expanding expanding into Europe is one of ACR's targets. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, that that's super exciting news, and congratulations, and very happy, and very well deserved. Um, so, you know, outside of, I guess, studying poker, uh, this past year, like what else has been going on? I know the last time we talked, you were a little bit nervous about traveling to the WSOP. Um, and you did travel to the WSOP as <laughs> you, you just said. So how was that experience? Yeah. I mean, it was a complete, uh, switch, right? Because, I I was like spending a lot of time in creating routines, in being healthy, in doing workouts, studying, like having a stable life, and and then traveling seemed pretty scary. But then I started traveling, and we started again. It was like trip after trip after trip. And now I'm like booked for the whole year. Like <laughs> I'm, now I'm getting nervous about so many trips. You know, I was like, wait, 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 let's go slower. <laughs> and they just started opening like tournaments in Europe. So. Uh, I mean, I'm literally booked. Like, I don't know how much time I'm gonna be able to spend in my house, like having a normal life anymore. So, well, uh, yeah, the the adventure resumes. Traveling around Europe, battling in in poker tournaments. Any any stops you're particularly excited about? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first one, Prague. Yeah, they have uh, the APT coming up in one week, so going there. Nice, yeah. one mm -hmm. week away. Um, so. Let's go back a little bit and think about your career, you know, traveling, playing cards. Um, if you could imagine uh, like a greatest hits collection, your favorite stories that you've collected, playing poker and traveling over your career, what's a story that's in your greatest hits collection? But you mean like uh, score wise or just favorite uh, memories, you know? Favorite memories, okay. I mean, we got 
I start from when I was finding cash games in, in Maryland. So that's uh, always dear to me, you know, to, to, back to go back to my roots as a grinder, like in rollers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so from cash game to cash game, like playing very low, but like trying to make it. And that's the beginning. Then the next big hit was PCA, you know? PCA changed everything for me. And I, I bubbled the final table, of, and it was my first live tournament. Because I was grinding more online. Um, then after that, um, um, PLO, the PLO almost braced it. <laughs> that one is the one that hurts the most out of all of them. It's like deer and like it's like a nightmare. You know, it's like I cannot get away from it. <laughs> how how come? Well, because it was like it, I, I was battling for the first uh, bracelet in, for Spain. If we don't consider Carlos Mortensen. Um, uh, because he's like half Ecuadorian, so but, but it was the first bracelet that Spain would have had. And that mixed with being a bracelet and being in PLO, which uh, is not my game, it, it was very special, you know. And losing the heads up is like so bittersweet, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wh- why is it that? In poker, right? Like, you know, you've gone to all these great places. You, you have all these great memories. And, like, I've traveled around and just played a ton. And, like, the fondest memories are always of the beginning. They're always, like, battling when you don't know whether you, you'll make it or not. You, you don't know. I mean, you're really not any good, but, like, you think you're pretty good. And you think that, like, it's a lock, but you're just battling to kind of find your footing and find your ground. And I think, like the fight is just always, yeah, it's, it's always so special. Um, and I, I yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say also the adrenaline, no, the adrenaline of like, we, are we going to make it are we, or not? Like where you're fighting for your dream and everything. Like later on, I guess you get a little bit more comfortable and you're like, okay, we made it <laughs> now. Let's keep it. But it's not, it's not as, such a, a key moment, you know, because like also when you're younger, you know, like if this fails, then you have to take a new road completely, you know, later on, like if things don't go so well, like maybe you have to take a different road, but most of the times it's going to be poker related. So you're still in something, you know, but back in the days, I guess it was like, if we don't make this, like we have to find something completely different or like start all over again, everything. So it's, yeah. it's a tense moment. Thank God um, I didn't have to find something else. I don't know if there's anything else I'm qualified for in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poker players are a special uh, brand, you know, a special kind of person. So, yeah, for sure. I agree. I, I've, I've thought about it before. Like, what would I have done? And I'm not so sure it would have worked out so well. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that it wouldn't for me because... I mean, when I was considering, or actually not considering it, when I made the decision to become a professional poker player, it was, it was just so obvious to me. And I, I remember growing up my whole life, you know, people ask you, like, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? And this is like one of those pressures that we kind of put on children. But I remember th- like never having any idea. Like some kids would just know, I, I want to be a doctor. And, and I would have no idea. I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, and even as, you know, 18 or 19 years old, I still had no earthly idea. That was why I didn't, you know, continue going to school because I just, I felt kind of lost and poker, yeah. poker gave me purpose and a direction, you know? 
Yeah, I understand that completely because my sister, for example, she works in fashion and since she was little, she was always drawing, always painting and everything. And I used to tell my mom, like, mom, like, I don't, I don't have that uh, vocation or I don't have that thing that, like, I know for sure I'm doing, you know. And when I went to school, um, I studied history and economics and I was thinking of doing diplomacy or military strategy or something like that, which are, were topics that I liked. I thought they were interesting, but it wasn't like I knew I was like good for it, you know. So as you say, when I found poker, I was like, ooh, I think I may be good at this or yeah. maybe that's what I thought. <laughs> but, but I think I could be good at this. I don't know. And exactly, and after that, it, it gave me focus. It gave me focus because before I was like a little bit all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of, you know, when you found poker, who would you say was the biggest influence in your poker career? Mm, I mean, to be honest, it's tough to say one person because I think a lot of my friends had huge influences on me, a lot of them. Um, and I'm lucky that uh, I started and I've met like some of the best uh, pros in the world, you know, and, and I think like a little bit of everybody, you know, learning a little bit from everybody. I think it's like what's giving me, yeah, so I think everybody, uh, not everybody, but like a, an accumulation of my friends, you know, I couldn't say one person to be honest. Yeah, just a, a group effort. Um, yeah, even even like watching like the pros like back in the days in like high stakes poker and, every, and everything, I couldn't even tell you like one that was like, oh, because of him or because of her I play. But like, for example, like Jennifer Harman was a huge inspiration for me, you know, Phil Ivey, like, wow, you know. So there was a lot of people that I admired, a lot of people that I admired and I, I looked up to when I was like growing up in poker. Yeah, my answer to this question is always kind of funny, like because I, I thought about it a lot, right? Like what really what what pulled me into the world and I had Brian Koppelman on the podcast and like to me, Mike McDermott, like Rounders was like seeing the world. I, I just I loved it. Like I just it was immediate like I love this. Um even though <laughs> Now that I've been in the world of poker, it's not really like it is in rounders, but it was just yeah, like yeah. that sort of lifestyle. I don't know, yeah. but it was just so appealing to me and so cool. Um, and yeah. there was just such autonomy to just play when you want to play and just do what you want to do and learn. And you're not dependent on anybody else or anything else. That was just, you know, and the freedom, of course, yeah. you know. Yeah, right. Rounders for me was also like really cool to watch, but I was already in poker. But like the thing is, like I was grinding cash games in the East Coast, so and it was quite similar. Like you, I, there's the image when they go down the down the stairs in the Taj Mahal, you know, when they go play in Atlantic City, and like I was doing that all every weekend, you know. So I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. I think I I watched Rounders. I was in high school and I watched it on VHS which okay. is quite a while ago, um, VHS. Yeah. Um, so what, what would you say in this world is your, your superpower? Like what, what do you think is your strongest trait as a poker player? I think adaptation. I adapt. I adapt to everything that comes my way. Yeah, like in, not only in poker, like I think in life too, you know, like my life has been so 
changing constantly, change, 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 change. And like, I think I've learned to embrace it and just accept it and like make the best out of every situation. So I think adaptation. I could also say observation. I'm a, I, I'm a very observative person, you say that, observative. Um, I, I think that's also like, uh, I think it's a skill I have. Like I observe a lot of everything. I have very good photographic memory as well. But I would say, yeah, the superpower is learn to adapt to everything. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, how do you do this? It's like, you're changing like every month, every hour, like boom, boom. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, change of plans, boom, <laughs> let's go somewhere else. <laughs> what What is your, you know, this process of adaptation? Like, what what does it look like? I mean, you mentioned that it it's almost... It almost sounds like subconscious or instinctual, but I think I think it's I think uh, the key could be being present, like not looking so much at like future or past. Like uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm a very present person overall, but in this sense, I think yes, because when the situation presents in front of me, like. Uh, what what is that to do you know like see what you have in front and like with what you have like work with it and like move forward with it so i think yeah like focusing on like the present of what you have in front of you you know like not getting stuck in like the old ways or try to manipulate things from for a future that you may want or that hasn't come yet so i think being present is like is key for this like look what you have in front of you and work with it What's a situation where you impressed yourself with your adaptation? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like the changes, the changes, the, the weird spots I get put in life and suddenly I get out of them being happy. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like even if things get tough and, and, and it's not what I wanted, like I always try to find a way to be happy, you know, like, I mean, I can be tilted and I can be sad sometimes and everything, but I don't let it sink me, you know? Uh, you just gotta keep fighting, like, and keep fighting for your freedom, keep fighting for your happiness, you know? There's, that's life, like, that's just life. What, what else are we supposed to do? Yeah, absolutely. And spoken like, you know, a true poker player, because in poker, as in life, you know, you get beat down, things do not go your way, you get crushed and, you know, you will be humbled, um, regardless yeah. of, uh, your ego or how things are going. Um, in inevitably you will be humbled. And so there is no alternative other than fighting and continuing to move forward. I mean, unless you just want to crawl up in a corner and die, but I think, uh, poker players just tend to not go that route. Yeah, I mean, you can do that for a bit and then you're going to discover that that's a million times worse than like what you're facing anyways, you know, once you're down, like you only have, you can only fight back. Otherwise, like GG. <laughs> yeah, GG. Good game. <laughs> um, and, you know, the point of poker is to keep playing, so can't give up. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the story of your favorite poker session ever? I mean, it's tough to remember one per se, but I can just say that all those sessions where you're in massive flow, you know, 
like when you're just playing and nothing else matters and you're like in this like bubble and you're like (laughs) you feel like you you feel like you can see everything and like like you're unstoppable you know like in your thinking process and everything like hitting flow flow in poker is the best feeling in the world i mean i guess hitting flow in anything you do is the best feeling in the world but like in poker it just feels like everything is good like everything even if you're losing you know you're still like you can see everything from such a observant perspective you know so i think like all those sessions like even if the flow only lasted for like three hours or something like that like it's such a feeling inside that it's like wow yeah. <laughs> sometimes you can see into the matrix and just see data points that other people don't see and that you yourself don't see all of the time and it's yeah. it's uh yeah the flow states are, are are great do you have any um tips for facilitating uh flow state I, I know that that's kind of a even before i ask a question i know that like when you try to manifest it it that's how it doesn't happen <laughs> you know it's yeah, just like a yeah, yeah. very natural organic thing that happens uh spontaneously yeah i yeah absolutely like i wish we could click flow anytime you know <laughs> then we would be unstoppable no i think uh, i think i think meditation is huge to be honest like i think that the times that i've been in flow the most it's been the times that i'm actually meditating the most and meditation and then like in general if you're like if you're like living a healthy lifestyle, uh, if you're focused on what you're doing, like I think everything, all like eating good, doing like working out, um, every, the whole package of healthiness, like kind of sets you up in that spot. And then when you meditate on top of that, it kind of like kicks in, like because meditation really like puts you in the present. So then when you go and play, like I don't know if you if you meditate, but like, do you meditate? I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, I I usually meditate in the morning, but before I grind, I also like to meditate. And like, I don't always make it because sometimes I'm rushing, you know, like for the tournament sessions and stuff, like sometimes I I don't do it. And the times I do it, I can feel it immediately, you know, like I sit down in the computer and I'm like, or live, and I'm like, boom, and you start. Um, But yeah, it's it's unpredictable. But I think doing, like doing all those things is like what sets you up to be in flow. And how long do you meditate when you do your meditation sessions and what app or uh, thing do you use? Uh, well, I'm very, I'm very, uh, it depends a lot. It depends a lot on the consistency in which I'm doing it. Like, because I have periods of like, I have months where I'm like meditating every day. Then I have months where like, life gets out of control and I don't do anything right. <laughs> So, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we all know what that means. <laughs> but yeah. And and I mean it's it's also like it varies so much, you know, because when I'm like uh, not meditating every day, like I have I, I usually go for a nap and I put it for like something between like 15 to 30 minutes, depends how this how not in, in the role I am. But if I'm doing like, uh, if I'm having a period, like for example, during quarantine, I was like meditating a lot and I can, I can be like one hour sitting down and I don't, I don't, when I'm like really on it, I don't like to use apps. I just like to sit down and do, to understand that like, I just, um, I can do it with my eyes closed or with my eyes open, but I just like to observe, you know, Um, but that's, that's 
That's like when I'm on, 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 on point. Like if I'm not on point, then I usually choose a mantra or some kind of app or some kind of or songs, maybe like I put music in or something like that. Sometimes even like I do yoga instead of like just sitting down. Like if I'm feeling more breathless, <laughs> like yeah, I, I try to do something that I know I'm going to be able to hold to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, in the, it's about staying present, right? And like, yeah. I found that if I have too much energy, I'm feeling restless, like get on a treadmill and go on a run, um, yeah. hit the heavy bag. Like you realize quite quickly that as you expend this physical energy and it's very hard, you can't help but be in the present moment. Like you have no yeah. other alternative, all, all the anxiety, all of the things, the ruminations in your mind, they kind of go out of the way because you're focused on, uh, you know, survival <laughs> at that yeah, point. Yeah. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Like yoga is like that because yoga, like if you're not focused, you're going to fall down and crack your bones. And, and also this year I did a lot of Muay Thai and I love, I love, the focus you have to put in like because like you have to be so focused like to not mess up the combos or like if the coach like hits you or whatever you know it's like i think it's uh, i think uh, martial arts are are super important for like well they're super use, useful for for meditation and focus yeah is this your first um foray into martial arts i actually have a a place near me that um, has regular classes with Thai kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, mm -hmm. just all the things. And I've been contemplating heading over there and starting to spend some time, especially, you know, I just had Terrence Chan on the podcast who fought MMA um, and is a big, uh, just a, a big fan of martial arts. And Brandon Jack Harris as well, who also yeah. trains MMA. So yeah, just was this your first um, experience uh, training uh, martial arts? I mean, I did some karate in, school, in high school, but that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, no, it, it is actually my first experience with martial arts, but I'm a martial arts lover. Like, I've never actually practiced them, but I really follow them. Like, I love MMA and I, I just, um, I love them. I think uh, there's so much value in, like, uh, practicing them. And yeah, like getting into Muay Thai, like has shown me, has proven it to me, you know, like how how amazing it is. But I love them. I love them. Every time I, I meet somebody that fights or competes or something like that, I'm mega interested about it. So I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah I think anything that builds discipline, right? Like yeah. I think a lot about this in my, my coaching for profit group about how, well, here's an example. Um, so one of my, my guys, one of my wolves, they have been doing quite well in cash games. And then over the weekend, uh, you know, we did a, we did a coaching session yesterday, but last weekend he had struggled. And for whatever reason, like his red line is kicking ass, he's playing with intensity. And then all of a sudden he just kind of fell off a cliff. Right. Um, yeah. and we started reviewing his hands and it was quite apparent that like, yeah, there, there was just some lack of focus, lack of consistency, wasn't pulling the trigger, wasn't going for it um, when he should have been going for it. And, you know, it's just this reminder that in poker, consistency is king and discipline is king and being able to pull the trigger, um, you know, sometimes like he, a thing that happens in live poker, right? You, you win a big pot, you have adrenaline, um, you're stacking your chips and then all of a sudden you get another big hand like back to back, right? And, and then- you, you just 
Yeah, yeah, you're, you're like, oh, like I, I don't want to be involved again, like right away, you know. Um, I, I had enough stress. Give me, give me a second to yeah, breathe. <laughs> give me a break. Why, why, why are we? Why, why are you doing this to me? Um, yeah. But like, you know, the reality is that, like, especially in cash games, right? It, you play a game that lasts until the day that you die, and the reality is, each hand matters, and each hand is important and merits full attention, full focus. And just that break in consistency can just crush your win rate. Like it can just pull you down. Um, and so anything that builds discipline um, and that allows you to be more consistent at the poker table just has huge benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I discovered this, like, I don't know, I guess 2013 or 14 over there. Like uh, back in the days, I was more of like a DJ, you know, it's just like volume, 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 play, 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 eating bad, like sleeping bad. But like I was full on the grind like that. And then somehow I started like realizing that it wasn't sustainable, you know, it wasn't sustainable that like it could be dangerous too in the sense of like uh, hurting your game. And since then, I've literally been on a mission. Like my whole life revolves about like having my the, the most mental strength possible. Like my life is about performance, you know. It's like it's about how to improve that performance. Like I think every piece of everything you do matters. And it's quite funny because uh, I'm improving my life so much just because I'm, I want to improve my game. So. Yeah, so basically, like, everything I do, I'm always thinking, okay, this is good for poker, this is good for the mindset, this is good for the stamina, this is, like, especially with tournaments, for example, no, because in cash games, you have to play a lot, but, like, if the brain is suddenly, like, not clicking, you can stand up and go, tournaments, you're there, like, once you're there, you're there, like, you, if you're having one of these, like, mental farts, like, go run, go run, and then come back, like, literally, go sprint, and then come back, you know, so... So yeah, it's like, I think it's key for your game and for your life in general, it's also a positive. I think I think poker has so many positive things for your life, like just wanting to be the best person of yourself. Have you have you read the book, uh, The Art of Learning? I have, by Josh, Josh Waitzkin, yeah. It's my favorite book ever. I think I've read it like four times at this point. Like yeah, I keep, yeah, I keep yeah. coming back to it like every couple of years and just finding more nuance and more lessons to take away. Uh, I highly suggest anybody that's listening to the pod right now, check out yeah. the art of learning because it's just, yeah, it's an incredible book. My favorite. Well, one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. So I'll put you on the spot then, you know, what are some key takeaways? What are the, some of your uh, fav- favorite lessons from the art of learning? Like everything we were talking about, no, it's like the focus you put in, like uh, the discipline out of it, the ways of learning, like how how he talks about like um, there's different types of like uh, coaches, for example, no, like the the very harsh coach and then the very like um, how do you say empowering coach, and like I thought that was quite interesting, but also like the, how everything you take to be success, successful at one like one subject, you can like pass it to other disciplines, like how he starts with chess, then he goes into Tai Chi. He also played poker for a little bit. I, I met him, I met him, I mean, I met him, I saw him in Portugal. I think it was like 2011 or 2010 or something like that. He was in Villamura playing one tournament. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I think I think that's really cool, no? Because that teaches you how 
everything like how performance it's the same everywhere in every every sport every job every business everything you do like you you can follow the same performance uh, road and it's gonna take you to success no matter what you know so i think that's really cool yeah yeah i i mean the story that i remember most from art of learning that just always sticks in my brain is the story of the you know the woman who's walking on the sidewalk and um a bike like hits her or grazes her or whatever and she takes her focus off for just like a second to like yell at the person and steps in the road and gets hit by a car um yeah. and it's just like it's just such a critical story in that when things happen to you you have options right you can react um you can go berserk, you can lose your mind, you can lose your cool, uh, or, you know, you can pause and reflect and not act rashly in, in a way that may be detrimental to you. Um, and from, from that perspective, you know, just off the top of my head, it, it reminds me a little bit of what happened just the other day to Garrett in the, the high sec high sticks game on the hustler live stream where, you know, he got slow rolled in like 150 K pot, um, and has options there, right? Like there, there are things that he can do. He can lose his mind. He can go berserk. Um, he can go crazy or he can just say nice hand, um, and kind of move on. And like, there's, this is always the case in poker, you know, like when mm. you take a bad beat, when you're playing really well, you make a great decision and it doesn't work out. You have the option of just completely melting down. And you also have the option of taking a deep breath, recalibrating and just moving forward um, and yeah. realizing having awareness that you have that option is just so empowering as a yeah. human being. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And if, even if like, even if it's too tough, like to control at that moment, like it's nice to like be able to just step out of the table and go like hit your head against the wall somewhere. <laughs> You know, like, I think that's, that's also, <laughs> I mean, we're not super, we're not like Superman, you know, like it's sometimes it's tough, it's tough to deal with it it's, and we're human, like no matter how much you meditate or how good you are at life, like sometimes like you're having a bad day over something else or like you have like a lot of things like bugging you and then something happens to you and you're like, you cannot even control it, you know, even if you're like very prepared for it, but then just stand up and go to the bathroom and cry. <laughs> The, I've done that before. <laughs> the, the key, I think, is recovery, right? We're always working to recover faster and faster. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about the word recovery, it's a return to something, right? And it means yeah. something happened, and then you're returning to um, a previous state. And in poker, yeah. like, something happens. Yes, sometimes you react. And yeah. then the next step is trying to recover um, as quickly as you can. And, you know, in the, in the tournament space, in the cash game space, recovering faster and faster really is what performing with consistency at a high level actually is. Um, yeah. We all have those moments in our career where something goes wrong, we make a mistake, we are very angry at ourselves. And instead of um, focusing, recalibrating, we just like punt for whatever reason. We just like give up. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, I think it's human nature. And obviously in, in the 
poker world, the less you do that, the more successful you end up being at the end of the day. Yeah, I actually, I, I actually like to say this a lot. Like, it's not about like how far you you fall. It's about how fast you stand up, because we're always gonna fall, always. Like, there's always gonna be moments where we fall, and sometimes a lot of the time, a lot of times, you know. So, uh, just try to learn from it. But that comes after. The first part is like stand up, stand up, don't linger, just stand up and like keep working on it. Because the key is that the key is what you said. It's like Fast recovery is the key because uh, the longer you stay down, you can't do much about it and you're not learning so much there. So Yeah, and and learning is always, um, when you fail, you always have an opportunity to learn. And I think that this is something that like is very hard to integrate into your, your life. But I think that in the poker sense, sort of, this has kind of been one of my mottos over the years is like, you're going to try things. You're going to do things where you torch a stack and you walk away from the table kind of scratching your head like, what the fuck did I just do? I don't understand. Why did I do that? But you can learn from those, right? Like, And engaging your curiosity, um, traveling to spots in the decision tree that are foreign, unknown, uncomfortable, failing trying to learn your lesson and then move on is just a natural, you know, it's a necessary ingredient to uh, making it at a, at a high level when you're a, a poker player. A hundred percent. Like uh, failing is learning. And like, if you never, I mean, you're never failed. You're never, you're never going to learn. So like, if you're, you never like fall and like, then you'll never, you'll never be successful really. Like you must, you have to run like us. Like if you can like be successful without like learning anything, you know? And the only way we learn is by trial and error. Like sure. I think like everybody who's been successful like has hit their face on the ground so many times, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. Even solvers work through trial and error, right? Like that's how they come up with their solution is through brute force trial and error. Um, we yes. just don't get to see it. And it's like millions and millions of times, but you know, that's sort of what's happening when a solve is being ran. Yeah, for sure. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do, one man Coach Brad Wilson has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. When you think of pots that you've won in your poker career, what's the first pot that comes to mind? I guess my first pot was um, the first time I went into a cash-in. Um, <laughs> I know, I mean, I always go back to the, to the beginning, yeah. no? but like... Um, I before I started playing, like I I decided to study. Like study back in the days was reading like you know Super System, the, the Little Old. Green Book, like all this, all this. Hold uh, on for advanced players, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was studying. I was also watching some videos. Um, what was the name of the site? It was uh, Card Runners. Card Runners, yeah. Or what was it back in the days? Yeah, yeah. So I watched some videos and then I went into a cash game for the first time with a hundred bucks, and 
somehow I got into a massive pot like with King Queen Suited. I don't remember what happened, but I won a bunch of money. <laughs> and after that, I was like, yeah, we're on. <laughs> I was like, I like this. I like this game. <laughs> yeah, this is a good feeling. I'm going to chase this feeling. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that, that's one of the, the best spots because <laughs> it, it, made, it made me continue, you know? Like, I mean, if you don't run good at the beginning, you don't make it, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I ran good in the beginning for sure. I, I ran super, super hot. Uh -huh. But I, I do wonder, like, if I would have just gotten crushed, like, would I have just folded and given up? I don't know. You know, I don't really know the answer to that. But I'd like to think that I wouldn't have given up. But I guess there's no way to know. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, because I don't know. Imagine like you're starting with this, and it's all. I don't know. And you start like losing, 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 losing. To be honest, I don't know. It's, it's such a tough question. Like, yeah. to actually, but I, I think that most of us like run a little good, even if it's a little, you know, but even like it was at the end, I, I left that game with 500 bucks, you know, like. Uh, I mean, I think I won my first 12 out of 13 sessions playing like 510 limit. And then I, I made like a $75 deposit on party poker. And in like 12 hours, I had ran it up to like a thousand. I think I started playing like three, six limit heads up. And by the end of the night, I'm playing 1530 shorthanded um, with like a thousand dollars. And then I buy into like a $200 um, night, nightly, like just buy in. Um, and then eight hours later, it's like, oh, I got fourth for like 15K. And so 75 wow. turns into like, 16k like pretty That's much crazy. overnight yeah it, it was <laughs> i didn't run so good <laughs> yeah it was but, it was a nice day but i was very i was more conservative i was very like okay let's go to my one two game and i only put it funny and then like blah blah like i'm not i'm not huge in shot taking to be honest something that i think i regret a bit in my career to be honest how come because i think we have to take shots and I, I, I am like, it's funny because I'm like too conservative with poker, I think. Like in life, I'm more spewy, you know, like in life, ooh, keeping the money is a little tougher. <laughs> and yeah, and, and at the table, I'm, I'm, I'm spewy too, you know, I'm like, <laughs> let's go for it. But when it comes to like bankroll management, I am very, very careful with it. Very, very careful. Like, I guess my dad, like, put this in my head because it's very nitty, you know? And he, and he was like, you cannot lose the money. You have to, like, manage it perfect and everything. And I think that's been, I mean, it's a positive in the, a little bit, yeah. But I think that uh, throughout my life, I should have taken more shots, you know? Because I, I was in good spots to do it, you know? But just out of the fear of, like, making mistakes or something out of bankrolls. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you should be taking spots all the time, but like if, uh, if you're feeling good, if you're doing things right, if you're making a little extra than you're usually the tournament or the cash game is really good. Like, I think, I think you should go for it, you know? And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Like you go back to your limits, you keep going and everything's fine, you know? But I regret a little bit not taking so many shots, to be honest. Yeah, I do. I do too. Just, I think that, I think that, so, uh, it's such a dangerous thing to, to 
such a dangerous road to go down. Um, like, so a, you know, in poker, it's the infinite game and the number one goal is to stay in the game. Right. And when money is your weapon and money is your tool, you need it mm. to stay in the game, which causes yeah. a natural risk aversion. Yeah. Um, but also I think that at least in my experience, like, so I, I guess whenever I've tried to do something, I always find that I'm more capable than I think I am. And it's just a lesson that I've learned again and again and again. And like, I, I think there that you need to press sometimes you need to take shots, um, while also being as careful as you can, you know, analyzing the risk and the downside, um, and like, making a list of like, what is the worst thing that happens if this goes poorly, right? Um, and if the risk is not so big, then I think that you should go for it. Because like the upside of the upside of shot taking is that, for instance, you know, you play two five no limit live, and there's like a really good game going with a whale that's playing 510 and like everybody's buying in for like 10k or whatever and say you've got like a 50k roll well like you run really well and you win 50k in a night or so okay so now you're playing 510 now your hourly rate um will go up over time right or you win a tournament and your average buy-in goes up and if you have an roi then your income goes up in perpetuity from that point and so like it's just inevitable that you know you have to take risks while also understanding the downside and also the upside right you play a 10k tournament um if you bink it right like just think of the upside for like some some of the people who are like gus hansen and antonio sfandiari like in the right moment during the the golden age of poker in the boom winning a tournament while you know they win 800k is worth tens of millions of dollars just over the, the the rest of their life, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, there's a lot of lessons in in losing too, you know. Like I think, I mean, I don't know if this is right, but I think that we all have to go broke at some point to recover it, you know. Like to know what it feels to be in the bottom and like crawl back up, you know. I mean, maybe maybe it's not a must, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a mass, but I think uh, I think it's quite important to be honest. I think like some of the best players in the world have like lost their roles, and yeah, and the, the experience of getting it back makes you a different person and and makes you a different player, and also gives you confidence. You know, it gives you the confidence of like, oh, okay, I lost it, but I can make it back again. Right. You know. And sometimes if you don't if you don't lose that or if you don't lose the shot taking or everything like you don't know you're not sure you're not sure if like you could do it again you know so I think there's a lot of values in like losing roles or losing shots you know so there you go so Anna Marquez torture roll um you you'll do well <laughs> it, it it will serve you well trust us trust us yeah yeah <laughs> that's gonna recover fast remember. <laughs> Um, there is, it is empowering to know that like in a worst case scenario, you can make it through. I think this is like one of the, the lessons from black Friday was like, this was a very bad time. Um, I didn't realize that I could be fired as a poker player. And then I was fired and didn't really know what to do. Um, and so like, yeah, maybe there's like survivor bias in that, but 
yeah, it does force you to see what you're made of, right? And, and see if you can, if you can rebuild, if you can make this work at a time when hardly anybody's making it work, even the strongest people in the poker space. Um, so yeah, th there's a lot of value in that. And also, I think it allows you to assess risk differently when you know that a worst case scenario is not that bad, right? Yeah, there, exactly. There's still hope after a worst exactly. case scenario. Exactly. And as I said, the confidence in yourself is huge. It's huge. Like, because I mean, obviously you have a bad time, like if you take a shot or something, I mean, I'm, I'm needy, but I've taken my shots too, you know? And like, yeah, it hurts a little bit at the beginning, but then like you just say, okay, now I got to focus and like, let's do this again, you know? And it just grows confidence in yourself, like to, to see that like you go down or whatever, and then like you're back up and then you're like, okay, I didn't just run good at the beginning, you know, I made it again. <laughs> exactly. Um, natural segue here to pots lost. And when you think about pots lost in your career, uh, what's the first pot that comes to mind? Not so many. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, any pot that okay. Well, I can. I just came uh, when I when I bubbled the final table for PCA. Yeah, I remember I had pocket eights versus these Oliveras aces in the big bank. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, any pot that was in a, in a bubble of a final table, in a heads up, in a, is, yeah, those, like, the big moments, you know, like, when you're so close to make it, and then you just lose, and yeah. you're, like, destroyed. Yeah. But I mean, Did yeah, I guess, like, I guess I don't, I don't hold, I don't clinch too many, cling too many, too much to them, because I lose them, and then I don't even remember, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I think like in the first three or four years of your career, it's almost like you remember everything that happens. Um, at least this was my experience was like, I could remember all the pots and all the hands. And like, I could tell you how somebody looked at the poker table, how they grabbed their chips, how they bet just everything. And then at some point it just all started falling out of my head. I don't know. I, I stopped, uh, I, I stopped keeping such track of it, but yeah, I, I actually, in my case, I, I struggle to find big pots that I've lost. I think there are probably some pots, but yeah, I, I don't know. Nothing like ultra meaningful, I guess. I mean, we play so many pots, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like some of them are more important than others, but at the end of the day, we're playing so many pots. And like, I don't know, and like, for example, for tournaments, like there's so many important pots that you win or lose. So many of them that yes. like change everything. So everyone is the one that you needed <laughs> when you bust. <laughs> this was the one I needed. Uh, that was the yeah. one I needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what What do you think is a a weakness that you have related to your poker game, and what steps do you take to address that weakness? I think like uh, not being able to maintain routines. I think um, keeping keeping balance, it's very tough, it's very tough. I don't know if it's myself or the life I'm living because as I said, I move a lot, I travel a lot, constant change. And, and I think that's a huge weakness that I cannot like be consistent with everything I want to be consistent with. Like I, I, there's so many like distractions outside of like my focus, you know? 
And, and I'm not talking distractions about like, oh, let's have fun or whatever. No, just like, you got to move here. You got to do this. And circumstances change everything. Like, it gets hectic sometimes, you know, and that's for sure a weakness. That's for sure a weakness, like, you know, having stability. So, yeah, and I think that. What steps do you actively try to take to, you know, maintain balance or maintain routine? Just being stubborn and keep doing it, you know, like, <laughs> seriously, like, so I have like one month where I'm on point and I'm like doing everything good. And then a trip comes up and then like you start moving around, you go to a new hotel, a new thing or whatever, like you lose going to the gym, you lose meditating and the food gets out of control and everything. And then what do we do? As soon as you're back, try again, try again and try again. It's not working amazing. I mean, I still don't have like very stable routines but it's gotten better over the years like so yeah yeah i used to think naively that if i went to jail i would be so productive i would get so much done and then the pandemic happened and i'm kind was kind of in jail and i realized like oh my god i am like falling apart my routines fell apart i don't know what happened uh, about the pandemic but like yes yeah, stopped meditating stopped going to the gym um, stopped going on walks and, and just sort of like fell to pieces. So now I know jail, I need to avoid jail. It's going to be bad for me. <laughs> I, I think for me, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you need I mean, jail. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no but, but it's true. Like for me, like as I, I mentioned before, like quarantine was pretty good for me. Like because it was the first time I didn't have distractions. Like, I, I mean, it, it wasn't the whole two years or however we, we've been in quarantine like, like that, you know, because even inside quarantine, there was a lot of traveling and a lot of moving and a lot of like life changing circumstances. I don't know how I managed to do this, you know, but, <laughs> but the, like the beginning, for example, like the first uh, eight, nine months of the quarantine, I think is the most on point I've ever been in my life. And and now I'm I kind of miss it a little bit, you know. <laughs> like man, it was so nice. Like every day I was doing what I was supposed to do. Nice. <laughs> you you can uh, yeah. go back. You know, you you can you can go back to quarantine if you just lock the door and don't answer the phone. And there you go. Tell that to ACR. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It probably wouldn't like that very much. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, and obviously. Like I'm a tournament player. As soon as like we have more tournaments to go to, like it's time to travel again. And, and also even playing cash games, like live cash games, are super nice too as well. So that's, what, that's how it is. I just have to be able to like. I mean, it's, it's still the challenge of my life. You know, it's finding balance uh, and, uh, in the in the middle of like mayhem. Yeah, I've I've always found it curious that people say like when you create a habit, it becomes unbreakable, and you don't stop doing the habit because like for me it is very easy to break habits. <laughs> like you just don't do it. And then the habit is broken and, and that's it. Right. Um, yeah. so it's like always an exercise in like, okay, you're going to the gym today. Um, you're going to meditate today. You're going to stretch, you're going to do your breath work. And, and like, really, um, some of the things are easier than other things. You know, we didn't get into breath work at all. Uh, have you investigated, any breath work to go along with meditation? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of meditations that we use what we call pranayama, which is like how it's called breathing. So mm -hmm. 
I do them sometimes. Yeah, I like to I like to do all kinds of meditation. So yeah, uh, the breathing one is actually a really good one. Like it it it, it kind of like gets you like high or something. Like, it does. Yeah, right. Like it's like you get a lot of focus and like you get into like. <laughs> but but yeah but yeah. Um, yeah, the I, uh, it, it is. I have an app on my phone, and like one of the first times I used it, I use it for sleep, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like I just it was out like a light. I mean, it was yeah. pretty incredible how breathing can affect your central nervous system. And I think that, like, as poker players, it's extremely important that you know we remember to breathe while we're playing poker because, as we said, you know, you get involved in a big pot. Um, adrenaline spikes, breaths get shallow. Um, we just kind of forget that like we need to maintain breath. We need to oxygenate our body um, so that cognitively we can still perform, you know, at a high level again and again and again and again. Um, but yeah, like meditation, I don't know why so many benefits, right? Like you just, and it's obvious you feel it when you do it. There's a lot of science now about how beneficial meditation is. Um, but really if you just do it, you know, nobody has to tell you how, how beneficial it is. And yet still, you know, finding 10 to 30 minutes a day to meditate or not finding, but making the time, Yeah, it, it, it could just be yeah, challenging. It doesn't always happen. And also it's quite curious because there's moments of your life. I don't know if this happens to you, but there's moments of your life where everything is so hectic that even if you, that even if you're like, okay, I could meditate now, you reject it. You're mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to sit down and meditate right now, which is crazy because in reality, in reality, that's what will help you in the moment. Like, this is exactly what you need, you know. But you're in this like negative cloud, and you're like, mm, I just want to be here like an ogre, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this, <laughs> and it's, and it's the thing that will be most beneficial for for those type of moments. So. Yeah, I found that often that's true. You know, the thing that you least want to do is the thing that you should most probably do. Um, yeah. You're feeling low energy, didn't get good sleep, laying on the couch. Like going to the gym is a thing that will boost you, give you energy, make you feel better. And yet you that's the thing that you don't want to do more than yeah. anything else. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just a, it's a constant battle. I wonder why we are like this. Like, why do bad habits are like so difficult to break and why the good ones we reject them so much? I don't understand. It's like we're all self-destructive to, to a certain point. Yeah, I think so. It's, and, and I think it's difficult. Uh, I don't know. It, that's a great question, Anna. And you would think that like evolutionary, evolutionary, uh, I don't know. The word. Yeah, I know what you mean. That, that they will, <laughs> they will we would evolve. Yeah. Right. Into this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, as human beings, we kind of like the way things are. We don't want to disrupt um, how things are going. And, like, we're, we're resistant to change in general. And, like, change is kind of scary because change means uncertainty. And so, like, we still plop down on the couch and don't get up for <laughs> whatever reason. Yeah. Um, let's see. So what's uh have you made any purchases in the past year that have been impactful to your poker game? Purchases? Yeah. Have you bought anything? Ah, 
Uh, not really. I haven't bought uh, many things this year. I bought a new suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not really. No. I haven't bought anything. No. Okay. Okay. So no. Um. <laughs> Actually, that's also another thing that quarantine was good for me. Is like uh, I, I banned myself from making any kind of unnecessary shopping. How come? Well, because I'm a little bit of a shopaholic, you know. It's like <laughs> I love clothes, I love shoes, uh, anything that is like electronic or for the grind, or like you know, like screens, like headphones, computers, all this stuff, like. I always buy a bunch of it and I don't know, like in quarantine, like I felt like I had everything I needed and, and I didn't have the, like I wouldn't be walking around in random malls or anything. So it was quite easy to like detach from it. And, and now it's like, I'm, I've gotten lazy for it. So yeah, I don't. <laughs> now I don't you don't know. feel like going to malls anymore. Um... No, no, not so much. I mean, some, like, for example, I bought some clothes for one of my girlfriends that she has a clothing store. And I, I thought, like, okay, I haven't bought anything. I'll get some couple of clothes and stuff. But it's kind of like a, a good deed, you know, because it was for her store. So, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think I've become less materialistic. Like, uh, I think uh, I prefer, like, spending money right now in, like, good food or, like, going to do activities with my friends or traveling. Mm, yeah, buying so much stuff, like, uh, it, I, I realized it was exhausting, you know, and, like, it's, it's been a little bit of freedom to, like, try to declutter a little bit from, from buying stuff. Yeah, so the most impactful thing that you've bought is not buying things. There you go. Basically, basically yeah. <laughs> um, what's a poker-related thing other people rave about that you've tried that just hasn't worked for you? And why do you think it didn't work? Like, give me an example. Uh, like meditation, people in the poker space talk about the benefits of that. Obviously, it's worked well for you. Um, things of that nature. Yeah, I see. I mean, uh, something that, for example, I see a lot of people, they say they work better under pressure. I'm the opposite. I work better when I'm relaxed. That could, that, does that work? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's people that like when they're under pressure, they give their best, you know? I think and, I'm one of those people. I have to create pressure for myself to give my best. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. Like I give my best when I feel like I have a good base, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I'm like relaxed and I don't know, but you never know. Like maybe like in survival mode, like I, I also push it. I don't know, but I don't know. The schedules, the schedules is very personal too. Like, do you play in the morning, in the evening, how many hours, all this stuff. I think that's so personal and I don't know, the volume you put, the tables you play, like, I think that's very personal and it's changed with me over the years too. Like it's, I can't say I'm, I have the same grind now that before or the year after or that I will be in the future so what's your grind maybe, look like these days 
It's messy because I'm mixing cash games and tournaments and life. And it's just like I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm all over the place, to be honest. I, I feel a little bit unfocused. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, yeah, I think it's like so many changes in the past year and like so many different things that I'm touching that it's not like I wake up and I, I sit down and grind, you know, like back in the days or the, the year before. It's like now I'm more like, okay, ACR has series now, so let's play some tournaments here. And then there's like some good cash game somewhere in Madrid, for example, or there's like some tournament in Madrid. I go to Madrid. Then uh, we have trips going. Like, I don't know. Uh, sometimes uh, I'm also like, I'm still studying cash. So uh, I want to put in some hours in the evening, like to, to train, you know? So I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not super happy with my routine right now. I feel like I need to get back on the road. Like I need some inertia, you know. I, I think. Uh, not, yeah. I was gonna say. I think it's good to cross train and be focused on different areas. I think that eventually, even though it feels hectic, um, what I've learned about learning is that it's one of the best ways to learn is to think about one thing and then think about another thing that's related to that thing quite deeply, take lessons from both that you can apply uh, kind of across the board. Um, and it often feels difficult. And yeah, that's another thing that I've learned recently is like learning is not supposed to feel fun. It's not supposed to be like relaxing and easygoing. Um, when you learn, it's supposed to be quite difficult and feel like a challenge um, because you're working your brain out in the same way that you go to the gym and work your body out, right? You don't go to the gym and be like, "Oh, cool! Yeah. I didn't even didn't even break a sweat. Like this was this was very easy, yeah. you know." Yeah. Um, yeah. So training, I I think, is very similar. Yeah, and it doesn't learning doesn't go on a straight line, you know. This is uh, this is something I've learned the the hard way because I, I'm a perfectionist, and perfectionism is very negative, you know. It's like it, it can paralyze you as well. So. In the past year or so, uh, I've certainly learned to be less of a perfectionist and just like let things come. Like, uh, yeah, instead of like having this plan, I'm following this plan, I'm going in, in, a, in a straight line. I'm just like letting things show up and me take them or not take them or learn from them or like whatever, you know. Uh, I think it's good, but it's making me feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know. <laughs> it's like, mm, okay, I want to be on the straight line but let's be real you cannot do that so yeah so that's the death of anna's schedule and habits and routine <laughs> back to back to mayhem <laughs> <laughs> back to mayhem exactly um what are some things in your poker career that you wish you had said no to more often um i i, I was gonna say like being social but to be honest like if i'm not social like i think my life will have been a waste too so i don't know i feel like um, i could have done it better in like the way i study the way i deal with my grind um like sometimes like also when you're like with a lot of a, a big group of people of grinders and everything you know like you get a little bit distracted from your own path so, yeah, I, maybe I would have liked to be more of a loner inside the poker world. I mean, it has its positives as well, you know, like you learn a lot from other people and like, uh, and as I said, like, it's, it's one of the biggest 
fans of poker in the community, you know, like uh, going to trips on cruise and like living in grinders' houses and like living in cities full of grinders, like all this stuff. It's cool. Uh, but I think I would have liked to be more on my own, like then surrounded by so, many, by so many people, because I think that has like distracted me more than it should have, than I should have gotten distracted. Yeah, there, there could be a, a healthy balance there, you know? Yeah, for sure there is, for sure there is, but maybe I didn't take it so much. Because, <laughs> because I, I, I've always like been on huge cruise and stuff, you know, like we all travel together, live in the same cities, like... And I don't know, it's just like, you just get more distracted, you know, but I mean, yeah, this, this is a little bit like thinking of in from a perfectionist kind of way, you know, it's like, yeah, we could have just been robots and like making yeah. everything perfect. So, but yeah, I, I, I wish I had been less distracted, to be honest. What about uh, on the flip side, anything that you wish you had said yes to more often? Yeah, taking shots. Well... The good news is, you know, I feel like I have, we have these conversations and like we're 2000 years old, you know, like there's not time, you know, I, we're, we're relatively young human beings, right? So there's still time to take shots and pursue adventure and do all of these sort of things. It's all, it's funny to me, like in poker, you know, I had, um, jungle man on in an early episode of CPG and like. Dude is 29 years old. He's like 31 now or something, right? And it's like legend of the game, but he's like 31 years old, you know, and has many, many years uh, of playing poker left in him. Um, and I think we do as well. And it's always good to kind of reflect on our past experiences and have them guide us um, to the future. So in the future, I expect to see Anna Marquez taking more shots. Yeah. I mean, I, I started already. I'm not. <laughs> I started. I started, but but yeah, I I wanna take better shots. Yeah, I feel like this year has uh, the past year has been pretty slow, which is okay because I was uh, learning cash game and playing cash games and everything. But I think as soon as I get a little bit more focused, because as I say, I mean, I'm focused right now, but I'm like a little bit scattered around. So I think as soon as I feel like like strong, like I want to go in and take more shots, but I also want to like isolate myself more. Like, uh, as I said, like I moved another place and like with quarantine and everything, like I want to avoid having so many distractions, even though it's so tough. It's tough. Um, so I think we're, we're about wrapped up here. Just a couple more questions and I'll stop distracting you and you can go back no. to. No. Back, back to <laughs> no, this is okay. This is not a distraction. <laughs> um, have you ever strongly believed something about poker only to change your mind later on? And if so, what led to that change? Well, I was a huge believer in volume. I think volume is super important in poker. But that, I used to believe that when I was more in my DJ times, you know, but uh, when I realized that was not sustainable, I realized that balance was more important, like playlists and like uh, focus more uh, or, or live, live more healthy or study more or yeah, like 
I, I, I mean, I guess maybe because I'm a tournament player, you know, and like the reality of tournaments is that you do have to put a, a lot, a lot of volume to beat variants, you know. Mm-hmm. But it gets to a point like no matter how much volume you put, like if you're playing bad, if you're not focused, like you're just dumping money. Like maybe you get lucky and like in one of your dumps you run deep. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, like that's something that I did change. I was a huge believer in volume. And it changed for me, and I realized that it's not just about like firing tables. It's it's a lot about how you play when you fire those tables. And yeah, sometimes. Absolutely, you know, it's it's the infinite game. We're playing the game for the rest of our lives, and so we don't want to burn out because then ultimately the irony is you put in less volume over the course of your life if you burn out yeah, for sure. and don't play. Um, yeah, it's unsustainable. At one point, you're like. No more. (laughs) Just done. Um, And also, too, I think that like when you're learning and progressing as a poker player, it's hard to put in massive amounts of volume and be actively learning and growing at the same time um, because a lot of growth and learning comes from off the felt study. And yeah, if you're just in there grinding every day, um, the, the thing is you're probably not studying enough. You're not keeping current with the tools of the trade all of these sorts of things, which are all imperative to, uh, yeah, just carving out a long, long career in the world of poker. Yeah, but uh, to be fair, like, it wasn't me who had the, the realization so much, you know, I think it was the whole community. I mean, like, we are the online kids of the time, you know, like, at the beginning, we were just like grinding online, like not caring about anything else. And suddenly, we have to study. <laughs> we have to eat healthy, we have to go to the gym. and. It, this this change, I think, happened to the whole community, you know, like back in the days, like nobody was talking about performance and nobody was talking about solvers and studying for what? Like, <laughs> like the time you spent studying, you could be grinding. So, uh, and then suddenly, like the whole community took a, a switch and it was like, OK, now we all got to study. We all have to, like, be superhumans and no more. <laughs> yeah, we had to grow up together as kids in the world of poker, you know, um, kids these days, they have so many virtual mentors and places to learn and lessons they can learn from people who have made all the mistakes, um, in the book. Yes. (laughs) Myself as well. Um, and, and yeah, so basically we had to reach a point to where like, okay, we need to evolve and get better and understand how to make this lifestyle more sustainable. Because I mean, let's face it, you know, 2004, 2005, nobody knew what was going on. I mean, it was a brand new thing. And the people who had success tended to be in their early twenties, um, who were just making the rules up kind of as they went along. Yeah, the online kids. There we were. Um, are, are you uh, working on any any projects right now that are near and dear to your heart? Uh, not really, to be honest. I'm like really focused. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but like I'm really, really focused in poker right now. And and I don't know, I just, I just have so much work. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel a little bad about it, like to be honest. Like uh, I would like to have something else sometimes. And then it's like poker is so much in poker, you know, right now. And like, I don't know, as I told you before, like we're working with females and everything. Like I have it a little bit abandoned at the moment. Like I, I was more active like last year, uh, the year before, like previously. 
Right now, I'm like really focused on poker. Maybe it's because I'm I'm handling like two different games at the same time, and I, I'm also having interest in PLO. So I just there's so much to do. Like, and I'm now like I'm back to tournaments. Tournaments take so so long, you know. So I really and and then I have to be healthy and everything. So it's like <laughs> I don't have enough hours for the day, mm-hmm. and like I I keep trying to find like I sometimes I think like. Man, like you need to find something to disconnect. And I have issues. Like I really have issues. Like sometimes, like I, it's like late. I finish the day of work or whatever. Or I finish grinding or I finish studying, and I am like, okay, your brain's about to explode. You need to decompress. I sit down in the couch and I'm like, you know what? And I just go on YouTube and start putting like poker videos. I'm like, no. Like, yes, decompress. It, it's another <laughs> one of those things, right? You, you know you need it, and yet you don't want to do it. Um, the days where, yeah, just unplug from the world are always the most beneficial days for me. I, I'm always rejuvenated. I have more energy. I'm happier. I'm ready to get back after it. And yet when I think about taking a day off to just unplug, yeah, I, I just never do it, even if it's like my intention. It's yeah. just so difficult. Is it like I really get bored? Like I get bored. Like I'm like watching a TV show or I'm watching movies. Besides the fact that they don't make good, good movies anymore, but like I'm there and like I'm bored. Like halfway through the movie, I'm like I start thinking of like oh I could do this. I start writing. I'm like okay tomorrow I want to study this or I, or maybe I should go right here or like what you know. It's like blah, 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 blah. The, I, I mean the best thing that I found so far is like going to take walks like um, walks by the sea. Like uh, the sea is like regenerating like it's so nice but yeah you cannot go take a walk over by the sea at like 10 p.m or 2 p.m or 3 a.m you know so i need to figure out some more things and then like the world is so crazy right now unfortunately that like like even like getting into what's happening in the world it's not like so comforting either you know unfortunately but yeah, yeah. The, the day the day we're recording this is sort of the day that Russia's moved into Ukraine, and it's just, man, it, it is, yeah, it is awful. I've been following it on social media, watching the videos, and, and like, yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking, really. It's yeah. it's it's awful. Um, so yeah, yeah, don't go to the news right I mean, now. I can't believe what's happening. Is uh, what's going on? Yeah, it's. It's weird, you know, I think when I was younger, I didn't pay much attention to war. And maybe it's because of social media, too, that, like, everybody has a camera now. And so, like, you're going to see everything that happens from the people who are experiencing um, the conflict. And it is just jarring and terrifying and tragic. And, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's put me just in a, a, a weird just a weird mood today, just kind of imagining, you know, the things that I'm like, my problems, right? It's like, well, what are my problems? Like it's, yeah, sure, <laughs> they're, sure. they're nothing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like yesterday I was stressed out about XXX and today it's like, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Like what's going on right now? Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, uh, it also, it kind of also like, um, Today it made me think I wanted to to like decompress with like studying history, you know, because I, I love history. History really is my passion besides poker. Like 
I, I studied in school and actually military strategy was like a focus on it. So geopolitics and everything. So yeah, it's something that I I want to look into it, but it's just it doesn't even feel right to like think that it's a, a way to decompress. You know, this is real life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, my favorite history podcast is Hardcore History. And yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh, it's the best. I I, I love it. Um, all right. So I guess f final question before you know you come back on in about a year. Um, since it's been almost one year since the, the last time you came on Chasing Poker Greatness. Um, if the uh, CPG listener wants to learn more about you or check out what you're doing on the World Wide Web, where do you, they go? Go to my Instagram. Go to my Instagram. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. I, I must admit I'm not the most active one. Uh, on Twitter, I'm more of an observant. <laughs> And don't and come on, it, don't you want to get involved in all of the nice and pleasant things that go on in poker Twitter? No, <laughs> it's, it's so welcoming and inviting, everybody loves you. No, I'm, I'm a very peaceful person, I like to be on my own world. Like, you guys do what you want, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I Twitter is not for me. I, I mean, I read Twitter quite a lot, I, and I like it. But I don't know, it's, uh, I don't, for me, it's weird to just like go ahead and express my opinions and stuff. I respect everybody that does it. But like for me, uh, I'm more of a face-to-face -face person, you know, like talking to you, I have no problem. Like we can talk about anything you want, no issue. But like me just writing there and like dropping it there, like I feel a little weird doing it. And Instagram for me, it's a little nicer because uh, I mean, I should be posting more and I try, but like, to be honest, I'm, I'm very, I'm a very present person and I'm the kind of person that sometimes loses her phone and doesn't realize that she lost it. Like <laughs> a couple hours later, you're like, oh man, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> like, like I, or like, I, I'm really bad answering people and I don't do it on purpose. It's like seriously, because sometimes I get a message from a friend, from my mom, from somebody and I see it and I'm like, I want to answer, but I want to answer, uh, Hopefully, like I want to put my focus on it. And if I'm talking to another person, I'm having lunch with somebody or I'm watching something or whatever, I don't want to take my focus of that person or of that thing that I'm doing to grab the phone and write because then my focus goes to the phone. And, and, and then the problem is that sometimes I forget, you know, like I see, I drop it and, I, and then I forget and I'm like, oh man like, they're going to hit me. <laughs> but I don't do it like in a mean way, really, like it's just because I'm present when one with what I'm doing, and I just forget about the phone a lot. And and Instagram, uh, that happens to me sometimes with Instagram too. You know, like I I go to a restaurant or I go somewhere, and I'm like, oh, perfect spot for Instagram. And then I leave, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> I needed to do this. I miss it. Yeah, so, but Instagram is fun because you have the Insta stories and I think the Insta story is like really cool because like you can show fast like where you are, what you're doing, like the kind of lifestyle you're doing, you know. I, I like to, for example, like to put sometimes like what kind of preparation I do for poker, for tournaments and stuff like that. And I don't know, I said like maybe some people can get inspired by some of the things I do or maybe they just want to see what I'm up to. So I think Instagram is a good place to out. Well, to be fair, Anna, I think the type of person that is present with the people in their lives and that values relationships and spending time with other people, I don't think that 
the people in your life are going to hate you for not responding. You know, I think that's just kind of, there, there's only so much, <laughs> there's only so much bandwidth that we can have as, as human beings. Um, and yeah, I, I'd never do anything for Instagram. I, I always think like, what's funny is I do so many of these podcasts, right? And like, it would be very easy for me to just take a picture of like a Zoom meeting with someone and just tag them and put it in my stories. I never remember. And I always think like, ah, who cares? <laughs> like, who, no, who cares? I Who's interested? You know what? I, I'm going to do it right now. Ooh, I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I take a picture and then you, you will be in my Instagram. <laughs> there we go. And you you will not find this um, Instagram story because the episode will be released in about a month or so. But yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'm not gonna post it now. I save it. <laughs> okay, save save it for uh for I save it. I a save month it. or two. There you go. I, I knew this already. I, I will have work for like I will have probably taken a couple of days to post it anyway. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I, I I have a feeling that you may forget. We'll see. Um, <laughs> everybody check when the episode drops to see if Anna remembered, that's a, an easy way to get people to go to your Instagram. Um, yeah. Please remind me, please remind me. <laughs> <if I forget. laughs> it's been great having you on the show. Once again, pleasure as always wishing you nothing but the best as you travel around battling in cash games. Um, hope to see you at the WSOP this year. I think I'm going to go for a week or so. Um, yeah. Be safe. Happy traveling. Best of luck. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. A pleasure. The pleasure is mine for sure. And and yeah, uh, good luck to you everywhere. <laughs> and hopefully we we'll see us again soon. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.